you've had a brand new baby. Congratulations. You're in the hospital. You are being poked and prodded every two to four hours, taking baby's weight, blood pressure, temps, taking mom's blood pressure, temps, etc., etc. Not a very restful environment. But now it's time to go home and you've got household chores, a baby to hold, feed, burp, bathe, and change. You're adjusting to baby's schedule almost seems like the hospital was more restful. At least there you had some wonderful nurses to help and to reassure you. Everyone tells you, sleep when the baby sleeps. Those dishes will be there later. But that household chore list is piling up and watching the baby sleep, eating for yourself, binging your favorite show is distracting you from taking a nap. For a few weeks, baby is sleeping with you, and maybe your husband's even moved out of the bed, and you blink, and baby is now four years old and still sleeping with you. Or worse, they're 13 years old. How did we get here? Now, before we go any further, I want to clarify, I am not anti-co-sleeping, and everyone's situation is a little different. We need to keep our end goal in mind, raising independent, emotionally and intellectually mature adults. So if you decide to do co-sleeping, make sure you have an end goal in mind. We are each on a journey of raising independent adults, so that will take some work on our part and some discernment and wisdom to determine what will work best for each of us. What happens when we sleep? When we sleep, our growth hormone starts to recharge all those things that we need in our body. Bone growth, muscle development, as well as metabolism. It also boosts our immune system. So when we don't get enough sleep, we're susceptible to more sickness, more disease. And we're left feeling irritable, and we may even have a mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Getting enough sleep gives us the capacity to be able to emotionally, mentally, and physically take on the day. Now, that's for us adults. Magnify that by a little growing baby, a baby who is developing in all of these areas, a toddler who is developing in all these areas, your preteen who's developing in all these areas we can see how important it is that we establish sleep as a regular routine thing that we do just as much as brushing our teeth. So the newborn feed on-demand schedule does not last very long. And by the time your infant is about six to 12 weeks old, they will begin adapting to the schedule happening at home. At about four months old, your infant will start responding to your training of a sleep schedule. It is important that you create transitions to bedtime, like bathroom routines, read a book, and a bedtime prayer. That's a really easy formula to follow. Don't cave in. Babies about four to six months old know that their cries are a way to manipulate you into giving into their wants rather than enforcing what they need. 
It is important to be consistent and establish bedtime as something that is important to your child's well-being. I also want to touch on this. It is important that we establish boundaries in marriage. Eventually, your kids are going to leave home, and suddenly, you'll have a new bedmate, your spouse. Giving your child boundaries that your marriage is, an, is important is a model and an example for them for the day they get married and have a family of their own. So as you know, I have three boys. My firstborn was honestly very easy, but we started out with him in bed with us um, as I was nursing him, and I kind of got tired of sharing my queen-size bed with my husband and my baby. And so we started to ha put him into a pack and play um, sort of thing for a while in our bedroom until he got old enough to be in his crib. And we had the crib in our room because we had a small um, apartment that we lived in. And so he was in our room with us up until about six months old. And that's when we moved into a house that had a spare room. And honestly, moving him into his own room was an easy transition. He did not whine, he did not get up, he did not cry. He was ready to be a big boy in his big room, um, in his crib, and it was a very simple transition. Now, all of that said, we had already established a bedtime routine. Every night we had a bath, and we got him into bed with a prayer and probably a lullaby. My second born, on the other hand, was a much more restless situation. He moved into bed with me, and my husband moved out. He was sleeping in the guest room, and I had um, the baby with me. And he stayed with me in that bed probably until he was 12 weeks old. Um, and it was a very difficult situation. I was um, struggling to nurse him, and things were just not easy with him. And when we moved um, out from that situation, I still had him in our bedroom with us, but our routine at bedtime was very different. My husband was working a different job. He was working overnight, and my secondborn did not sleep through the night until he was three years old. And I would say a lot of that had to do with the fact that I did not put up the boundaries and I not establish a routine with him from the beginning. But my third child, um, I actually was given a book called On Becoming Babywise, Giving Your Infant the Gift of Nighttime Sleep by Robert Bucknan and Gary Ezzo. And this book talks about the importance of helping your child become an independent sleeper. And this starts off very early. You know, when our babies, we want to hold them all the time. We really can spoil them by doing this. Um, it's important that they know how to go to sleep on their own. And sometimes it can feel a little harsh thinking this way, but if we're holding our baby all day, they never really know what it's like to be independent on their own. And so at about six weeks or so, you start to establish a real routine with them. Um, and I really liked the method. It worked for me. Um, and I, you know, you can read all of these books and decide what works for you. Not one pattern or one method is going to be the cookie size, uh, a cookie cutter for everyone. Um, and so for, for him, I would nurse him and I would keep him awake while he was nursing. And then I would put him down in his 
own space to sleep. And so nursing does naturally induce that sleepiness, that drowsiness. And so keeping them awake during feeding time was really helpful so that they would, he could go to sleep on his own in his own space. And then he knew, you know, that was his space. And that established that space for him and it established a boundary in my life, in my marriage. I was able to have my own um, space with my, my husband. And so he actually really thrived on that and did very well. He slept on his own um, very early in his own in his own bed. Um, he does share a room with his brothers, but um, but ultimately he's very a very easy sleeper. And and in part, you know, he actually is a very easygoing guy. Doesn't have many emotional breakdowns um, like my second child did at his age. It was a lot harder to deal with those emotional things that would come up during the day. And I think this, the lack of sleep really had a lot to do with that. So remember that a, a part of this is that we want to look to God's word and kind of see um, why is it that we struggle so much with sleep. And I would tell you a lot of that has to do with anxiety. If we aren't creating a peaceful environment for our kids, they're going to feel anxious. And at the end of the day, especially if there's a lot of turmoil going on in your family um, where, you know, maybe you're moving around a lot or whatever is going on, they may feel that they're not safe. And so it's important that we establish that, you know, wherever they are, that God's got us and we're safe because he's in control and, and he's the one who gives us peace. So I want to read to you Psalm chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of ruin that takes over the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. The last time we, did, we talked, we talked about the urgency of our mission as parents. The time that we have with our kids is short. And so in the same way, as you might be dealing with a struggle and a battle as far as a bedtime routine goes, just know that it is a short time. So have courage and muscle through. It is so important that we are establishing that importance of sleep with our kids because they're, they're going to easily walk over any boundaries. But if we don't establish them um, up front, then they're not going to recognize the importance of, of these things, these values that we want to train them. We want to train them to become independent adults. And if they're having issues sleeping, they're going to run into more issues like that anxiety and depression, for example, that we talked about. In our day and age, we have such a high amount of mental health issues. And so helping your kids getting sleep is actually going to really help with that area alone. And not to mention the, the health um, of their bodies and, um, and establishing that God is caring for us and that we can have peace in him. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? That's the greatest goal that we have as Christian parents. So moms and dads, have courage. Don't be discouraged, um, and and take hold of this um, of this training that this 
mission that you have as parents to establish these things in your kid's life. Um, and join me next time here on Premeditated Parenting. We're going to be discussing screen time and what we put in our kids' faces and, and how those things affect them mentally and emotionally. I'm your host, Naomi. Thanks for joining me today.